Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Outside the Huddle. I am your host, Dr. O.T. Porter, the NGFL's Director of Communications, communicating with you directly about our NGFFL family. So each episode of Outside the Huddle will feature some of the individuals who compete with the many obstacles that we need to overcome, which allow all of us to connect and unite both on and off the field of play that make our NGFFL family so, so unique. We will hear from different city leaders, league members, Hall of Famers, and many other diverse individuals that contribute to the success of the NGFFL. Tonight is super exciting because this is our inaugural episode, although every show will be really equally exciting because the lineup of guests for this show is completely superb. Tonight is supremely special because tonight we have one of our greatest and most amazing city leaders sitting in with us. So it was, there was no better way to kick off the show than with this guy. So without any further ado, I present to you a huge contributor to the NGFFL by way of Salt Lake City, though his NGFFL board contributions take him so much further than Salt Lake City. I present to you the illustrious, handsome, and so, so sexy, Dr. Ryan Peel. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Did I lose Ryan? Where is Ryan? There you are, Ryan. I got you now. Oh, yes, I'm here. Technical difficulty. <laughs> I'll edit that out. Anyhow, welcome to the show, Ryan. I'm sorry about that. Technical difficulties, of course. That's a, it's it's the inaugural one, so you you got to have difficulties on the first one, right? Something has to go wrong, or it's going to be terrible. It's like a wedding, right? They say if you have a terrible wedding, then your marriage is going to be fantastic. Well, the, well, then this then this whole episode will be just fantastic going forward. It's going to be the best. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, Ryan, um, I got a bunch of diff- I have so many different things I would like to talk to you about. Um, but let's start at the beginning. When did you join your local league? So my involvement with the local league started uh, not actually playing in the local league, but actually as a member of the traveling team. So I was uh-huh. roped in, cajoled, bribed, um, you know, kidnapped, whatever adjective or, or verb you want to use to describe, to join Salt Lake uh, Salt Lake's team at the first Gable I went to, which was Gable Seven back in 2007 in New York City. Um, I was a relatively fresh-faced, recently graduated uh, from, from grad school and, and looking to find a place where I could you know, play flag football but also have a better, broader um, social experience uh, in the LGBT community. So, so the New York Gable um, was very eye-opening. Uh, it, it, it recognized that hey, there's that? there's there's LGBT athletes that love football and 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 can play at a high level of of competition, and uh, they're from all over the place. So, New York was my awakening to the wonderful world that is NGFFL. 
So when you uh, started, there was no local league in Salt Lake City, just a travel team. Yes, there 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 was just the travel team, um, and then and then the following okay. year in in 2008 we actually hosted. So I kind of got jumped. I jumped into the to the deep end. Uh, that's when we yeah. were uh, so Salt Lake hosted the Gable in, in in 08, and even though it's what now 11 years later, we're still getting so many complaints about the the snow on the last day. So again, for all of you who were there. Sorry it snowed on the last day of Gable 2008. Um, just just what happens sometimes. Don't worry. In Houston, we had the flood, so we had the See? drought, and then it flooded the last day. So don't feel bad. At least you got to play in Salt Lake. We had to cancel, so you're still doing better than we did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so we we after after the you know after we hosted in '08, that's really you know what spurred us on locally to to get a real good mm-hmm. league up and running. Um, you know, you you go to Gables and some of these big cities like Boston and San Diego and D.C. and they they've got a great local leagues already up and and running. But you know, seeing Salt right. Lake host us in host Gable in 2008 was was eye opening because I saw what impact it has both for LGBT sports at the local level, but I would say even just LGBT community to be able to host a, you know, LGBT focused event um, that wasn't just a regular pride really emboldened and invigorated the, the local community and, and did so much for, for our local league. It really launched us into, into success that, that we had. And sure, you know, we may not have the number of teams or the you know, amount of people that come mm-hmm. out like the larger cities, but you know, it's still, right. still important and it still, uh, still was so impactful even now that I'm talking about it 11 years later. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, you were sort of thrust into a leadership role, but what were you doing before you got into your leadership role? Because I think a lot of people believe often that they have to either jump right in and be a leader or never become a leader. Um, so what, what were you doing before you actually were sort of thrust into the leadership role? Yeah, so, so, so before I got really involved in, in the leadership roles, um, either as head of the traveling team, as team captain for the teams that go to Gable, or as the, the city leader, the local commissioner, I was a team captain. And, you know, it, it, even, even in my first league, uh, I, was, I was an assistant captain, which basically meant two things. I would remind people when games were, and I would show up with, you know, Lunchables or Sunny D for treats for after the game. So it's it's you baby steps. Have lunchables. I you know that's I'm I'm team dad for stuff like that. Once a team dad, always a team dad. So so when you you know when you're talking about getting involved in local roles, you don't have to jump right in. You don't have to run for the local board. You don't have to run for local commissioner or city leader. It's you know raising your hand and helping out. Maybe in even you know unofficial capacities just to get your feet wet to understand what what it takes to to bring success to your local league. Was was there a specific moment that clicked and you said, okay, this is a place where I need to or I really want to take on the leadership role? Yeah, you know, the the gentleman who got really Gable in Salt Lake up and running and got the local league up, up and running is, is a guy named Mark Barr, who is just an awesome guy, member of the NGFFL Hall of Fame and, and very much well-deserved. He, um, he kind of was getting a little burned out. And, um, you know, I, I realized that 
someone needed to step up and and take on that role and I thought you know I've got some organizational skills I kind of know the people I'm I'm going to be help leading um you know many of them were friends mm-hmm. so you know why not I'll, you know let let me try it and if I try and fail at least I've tried better to you know better yeah. to do that than 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 not at all so I kind of raised my hand and and Mark kind of eased me into leadership roles I was the you know the team captain for the the Salt Lake traveling team in 2010, which um, I think we went to Phoenix that year for the first time, and kind of just yes. eased me in. Yeah, where where I met the illustrious Dr. Porter, sorry, OT, uh, mm-hmm. for the first time, and and you just kind of ease ease yourself into it. And um, again, don't be afraid to try things and and fail and and learn from them. Um, and and me being captain for the first time at Gable um, was. Was lear- was a huge learning experience about what that, what I what I needed to do and what I didn't need to do. That is jumping ahead first for sure. When you decide to captain a Gable team at, up front, <laughs> that's that's a big responsibility. Well, and, and and I'll tell you, it was kind of uh, you know I did get thrust in a little bit because uh, after one really intense game, I had to break up a fight between two of my players. And that's when it's you know you you really need to step up and and if you don't you kind of think well what's going to happen you know you, you sometimes can't rely on on you know other people to step up and you need to you need to raise your hand and and try and everyone needs an opportunity to to do it or at least try. Speak right. Speaking of the giving people an opportunity to try or do things, what qualities do you think someone needs to possess or should be working on if they're looking to be in a leadership role in the NGFFL? Hmm. Let's see. You know, the the, the biggest thing, well, actually, there, there's three things. Um, one is kind of understand and utilize all of the resources that are available to you. And when I say resources, mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about people. I'm talking about, you know, connections to businesses. I'm talking about uh, community partners. I'm talking about, you know, different um, formats and platforms to to share your message and to to drive awareness of your league or help plan um, activities or maybe it's, um, you know, league apps or other software that, that, that help make leadership roles be, um, be be easier to do. So be aware of what's all out there, and and don't be afraid to to utilize it. You know, for for the NGFFL, we've started a a great online forum for sharing of ideas um, on a, on yeah. a private Facebook page, and that's you know that that is huge. That we didn't have that when I was a city leader, and and the the audience that's there, the the wealth of knowledge and experience is is just at everyone's fingertips to utilize. And so being aware of what's yes. out there and, 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 and using it to its fullest extent, that's, that's, you know, that will bring immediate um, success as a leader. The other things you know, that, that I think about uh, uh, that really are beneficial are communicate, communicate, communicate. You know, make it clear, <laughs> make it often, and when you think you've communicated enough, you know, communicate again because whether you're talking about, you know, when the, when is the league going to start? What are the league dues? Um, you know, right. important events. 
there's no such thing as being too over-communicative. And, you know, we all have busy lives, and people forget. And so making clear what you're doing, communicate often and, and clearly will 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 bring success. And, and lastly, this is this was a hard lesson for me to learn, and that is basically delegate mm-hmm. or die. Um, oh he, gosh, yeah. Have you? Yeah. If you're a city leader, if you're a team captain, if you're a uh, a captain at a traveling team, you can't do it all by yourself. And if you do, you're just going to burn out so fast. So so utilize, mm-hmm. you know. Your your teammates utilize other resources. Be aware, you know that, that we've talked about, and 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 recognize that you can't do everything. I'm I'm so much of a if I want it done right, I'm going to do it myself. But that was leading to just so 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 quick of a burnout. So so don't be yeah. you know, don't be afraid to delegate because in delegating you're giving people an opportunity to get their feet wet in leadership roles. So Absolutely. that Absolutely. you know. Your successor may be the guy that you delegated, um, you know, communication responsibilities to, or your, you know, your your delegation of the social events to to some person, you know, on the league. Maybe she's the one who's going to be your future commissioner, and that's a way of easing right. her in, getting her experience to grow the next generation of leaders. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think we've talked about it enough at the NGFFL that you know how we how we plan for future success by by mm-hmm. getting our future leaders ready and that's you know delegating yeah. is 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 a way to do it well i think our, i think our new commissioner is really big on that well not new he's reinstated uh commissioner uh, thurman williams is really good about delegating and allowing people the opportunity to fly or fail and mm-hmm. you know sort of grooming that next generation of leaders I, I think he's done a fantastic job because i mean here i am and you were you just recently left us but i never expected to be here um especially with the likes of the fantastic people i got to work with i've I had the opportunity to work with as a board member so yeah kudos, kudos to thurman for that and kudos to you for bringing it up um speaking of kudos for you i want you to uh proverbially blow your own horn a little bit and and tell me specifically about you like how do you believe your leadership has impacted on the local and because of what you've done uh for the national board and on the national level please tell me about you specifically what what are you proud of you know in in salt lake when i when i was the the commissioner for the local league here you know we were oftentimes focusing so much on just the regular mechanics of running a league, you know, scheduling Mm -hmm. games, um, you know, finding social events to do, recruiting, 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 fundraising, that, you know, about a year or two into it, I really had to take a step back and say, you know, why are we here? What, what are we doing? What we're doing? Is it because we want to provide a, an opportunity for LGBT athletes to have a great sports experience? Sure, sure. Um, you know, but that's not all of our audience. You know, there, there was a part of our local league that could care less if it was football, um, wanted almost just a, a social community to, to be a part of, mm-hmm. to feel like they could be their authentic LGBT selves. And, and sports was just um, kind of the, the backdrop for it. 
and and right. recognizing that that's that that's that's an audience that we were serving and then for us again in salt lake we're you know we're in a red state i recognize it we're probably one of the most conservative um areas for any local league and and we have a significant amount of our players that did not identify as lgbt they were our straight allies and i think the mm-hmm. league was just as much for them as it was for us because i i began to see that the league could help the LGBT community as a whole be, gain broader acceptance and 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 better understanding from our from our straight community members, and you know it's mm-hmm. it, it's interesting because a, a number of players that you know were, would come out that were identified as as straight, you know they thought they were going to come out and dominate. Um, in a, in a you know, <laughs> beat, 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 beat a, beat a bunch of, of of gay guys, and the competition was great, but but right. it was it was it was more amazing to see kind of how we changed their hearts and minds about how they viewed LGBT people. You know, it wasn't it wasn't some sort of abstract concept around LGBT rights that they would see on the news or read in the you know newspaper. You know, it's it's that person that's in the offensive huddle with them that could get fired. For being gay, if they came out right. of work, it's that person you know that they you know play a, a nickel defense with that you know could lose their apartment if their landlord found out they were gay, and it really kind of brought home and and made stronger allies from our straight supporters by just sort of normalizing and becoming more understanding and more accepting, and you know success on the field is great. Success off the field for me is where I think we measure the the better impact. Um, you know, the win loss record is nice, but you know, what do people think of us when we walk off the field? You know, or do they right? Do they feel like we're a human being that that needs you know rights and and equal treatment as much as they do? That's that that's you know that's that's my view of success. Right. Uh, okay. So when you think about leagues, you think about people who've been in your position or something similar, and and I know you've done this often, uh, especially for the NGFFL and your previous position, but what, what advice do you give to those looking to create or expand their league? Yeah, you know, the, the biggest thing, and, and, and just for those of you who aren't aware what, what OT is referring to, for, for uh, two years I was on the national board as the member of outreach services. So I was kind of the key resource on the national board to help the local leagues in the development of all the activities they were doing um, within their city. And and two years in that role and, and all my years running the Salt Lake League, I, I really learned two things. The first is that each city, each local league is unique, and the needs, the the the, the headaches, the the troubles that they encounter in one city may not be what another city experiences, and vice versa. You know, the the success, the 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 non-issues that that one city has aren't going to be mirrored in another, and so. Understanding right. that you know, that your your local league is unique, and you can look to the really successful local leagues in the NGFFL, like the San Diegos, the the DCs, the Denvers. Um, but don't don't be disheartened by that. Don't think that 
your league needs to be the San Diego for your community. It, it, right. It, it, it's, it's understand that success for you is going to look different. And and don't get caught mm-hmm. in the in the in the trap of comparison and then failure to compete with some of the other leagues that are that are that are out there. Um, and and if you're thinking about doing a, a local league, you know it, it's it's small steps. It's it doesn't start with yeah. gee we're we're gonna we're gonna have a 16 league and we're gonna send two teams to Gable <laughs> or, or or two two yeah. teams to to Sin City. You know I, I look at some of the success that um, you know Chris in Minneapolis um, has done. It started yes. by a pickup game, pickup game with some friends. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. had had enough. People come out, and and maybe maybe you add on for those who perhaps don't know much about flag football. Maybe you know some some skills to start off your 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 pickup game, and then maybe after that you you go out to a local bar or restaurant that can kind of be your you know first sponsor. It's it's those baby steps to success that you know you're, you're building upon, um, you know a strong foundation and and. Don't run before you can walk. In other words, as, I'm, as I as I use right. so many so many analogies, um, you know, success and and what it takes to to be successful is going to look differently for you. And and don't um, don't start off too uh, too too much. I I think that's extremely important advice, especially for the younger leagues or the leagues that feel like they are struggling because they are not as large or because they are comparing themselves to a Chicago, New York, San Diego, these long-established large leagues, you know, sometimes success is taking a step back, reevaluating what you're doing, and making sure that it is in line with your mission and your vision. You know, uh, sometimes success is sometimes success is a fourteen league. You know, sometimes it's a twelve team league. But like Ryan stated, it's really important to measure your successes based on what you're setting out to accomplish, and not what other leagues have already accomplished. Yeah, I think that's great advice. So, speaking of leagues and the expansion of our NGFFL family with many Minneapolis and Rhode Island now and all you know all the new leagues popping up where would you like to see a, a league that we don't have one if you had a chance to create a league in the city that does not have one right now where would you want it to be uh, you know I, I that's a good question um I would probably say there's there's a number of cities where I think we we could have such a great impact and and there would be it would be great if we had a, a local league there, but you know I think of Kansas City, I think of St. Louis, I think mm-hmm. of you know Columbus, Ohio, but the the one that keeps coming to mind is Dallas. You know Dallas is Dallas Fort Worth oh. area is is such a huge. LGBT community there. They're such a sports town. I mean, think of all those, all those Cowboys fans. You know, as a, as annoying as they are, that could be part. They could be part of our NGFFL <laughs> team. So, so well, and, you I know have, the fact. Uh, go ahead. I just, I just say, you know, the fact the fact that we don't have one, it's just I, and, and, and I know there there have been outreach efforts. Um, you know, we we've we've tried a number of things and. And that's that's one where I'm just like I I just I just can't understand why why we don't have a league there. 
I haven't haven't come well, up with a secret sauce news. yet for that. Good news. Two of our strongest NGFFL leaders, uh, one from Denver, one from D.C., have both converged with new jobs in Dallas. And I have already been in talks with uh, one of the gentlemen um, from Denver, Mr. Maurice Head. He's already come to Houston. He's met with us. He is working on starting a league. Uh, Santos from D.C., also by way of Houston, because I will never let him live down there. He is a Houstonite, uh, for, a Houstonian first, uh, by way of D.C., just took a job in Dallas, and he's already reached out to Thurman and the NGFFL board about starting a league there. And these are two guys who have been a part of major successful leagues, and they are superbly passionate about getting a league going in Dallas for all the reasons that you pointed out. So I think I think Dallas is going to have a shot. I think in the next year we will see Dallas grow into something really, really spectacular. And 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 I think I think the key there is is not that they're familiar and and they already know how to how to bring success either because of D.C. or Denver. It's that they're passionate. It's that they really mm-hmm. want to do this. That they that they understand and are excited about what the NGFFL and, and, and LGBT flag football uh, you know, as a whole can bring to, to, to others. And so you know, it's, it's that passion that you always want to see in those, in, the, in those city leaders. And it's, it's great to hear that Dallas may be, may be added to the list. That's awesome. Okay. Um, as, as we get ready to wrap up, a uh, couple of quick questions. Any advice for those listening to the podcast interested in leadership roles but maybe apprehensive about it? Yeah, you know, don't don't be afraid to, to raise your hand. Don't be afraid to do something and fail and, and learn from it. But it's even more than that. It's like, you know, don't be afraid to just do a little part. Um, you know, maybe you don't have to be a team captain. Maybe you can, you know, ask to help with one team or, you know, do a particular task. Um, you know, their local leadership is always looking for help and, and you can raise your hand and help however, whatever parameters you want around it. So if you're feeling a little nervous, you know, put your toe in first, you know, do whatever kind of tasks or jobs that you think you can do and, and then get confident about but I can tell you, the majority of these leaders, it's you know, it's the ones that you know felt bold, that were that were courageous enough to say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to take this, I'm gonna try try to take this responsibility on, and and see what I can can. Mm-hmm. So so, don't be afraid. Any uh, fun stories you want to share about your leadership or local league? I love I love a good fun <laughs> story. Oh geez. Well, see, the, the problem is, is because I've been around the NGFFL and, and local leagues for so long. Um, you know, there there oh. there's some really good stories, and and um, <laughs> I, I, I I will tell you, there, there's there's actually two. So there there's a funny, and then there's a kind of a poignant one. Um, the first, the the funny one is in you know as we alluded to earlier, 2011 Gable in Houston. Um, it was the only Gable I missed. Um, you know, in the last 13 years or so, um, I was out of the country on, on vacation and um, phone was turned off. I land in LAX to, to make my connecting flight. I turned my phone on for the first time in probably six or seven days and instantly a voicemail message from Jared Garduno, who used to be our national commissioner, pops up. I'm like, oh, yeah, Jared's probably, Jared. you know, 
hey, Jared. Um, so, so I listen to the voicemail message, and it's Jared in a frantic voice. Ryan, I just heard about the Salt Lake player that got arrested and he's in prison. Let me know how I can help. Thanks. And that was, <laughs> that was it. That was it. And remember, I've been in incommunicado for you know almost a week, and I'm like, what? Right. What the hell's going on? And and as I'm you know sitting dumbfounded, other voicemails and text messages start rolling in, and. Uh, it took me a while to get to the bottom of it, but yes, a, a Salt Lake player during the Houston Gable was um, arrested and enjoyed the hospitality of the Texas Department of Corrections for for a little I while. Um, that story. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we won't name names, um, but but it's no, one where even not. even to this day, I have to give him a hard time. He still still plays in the league. Um, still, still a part of our local league. Give him, a, give him a, a um, hard time for that. But, but I do want to point out that you know, all the other times I've gone to Gable, no one from my city has been arrested. So, you know, the one Good. time I miss Gable is the one time that someone gets arrested from my city. So you're the glue, Ryan. Take, take that what you will. Uh, you know, the the other real <laughs> the memory that 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 sticks out on me is. Um, 2009, uh, Gable was hosted in D.C. for the very first time. And that same weekend was the National Equality March, I think was the was what it was called. It was a LGBT rights march on Washington. And, you know, mm-hmm. 2009 is, is a long ways away from where we are now in terms of LGBT acceptance. Right. Um, you know, at the time, that was a year after Prop 8 in California. Um, don't ask, don't right. tell, was still on the books. Um, you know, I want to say the Matthew Shepard murder was maybe yeah. 10, 11 years. I mean, it's, it was still fresh yeah. in everyone's mind. It was fresh. And, yeah. and, and you know, going to D.C., our nation's capital, to, to compete in a great tournament, um, to make connections with my fellow LGBT athletes. But then on that Sunday... Um, you know, to be able to participate in that march, it's you know that's that's that something greater that we all are here for, and and it was yeah. it was it was it was very very touching, very memorable for me that was made possible because of my involvement uh, with the NGFFL. Yeah, NGFFL really really changes lives. One day um, when I'm on the other end of this interview, you'll get to hear that story, people who are listening, but. I, this isn't about me. I'm just the host. Uh, Ryan, we're going to wrap up. So any closing thoughts that you think the listeners should hear uh, or things that I haven't covered? You know, we, we, we kind of alluded to a bit, you know, but, you know, LGBT flag football and, and the NGFFL leadership and, and what this means to so many people, you know, can't be, can't be overstated, um, you know, Many of us, it was a place to to find to find a home, to find a, a place of acceptance um, for for what we are. Sadly, there there are still some members of the Salt Lake League that um, have been disowned by their friends and by, by their family for being for being gay. So we lose sight of the importance of this being a safe space. And and how mm-hmm. much it's it's built and encourages and empowers um, folks to to be proud of who they are as an LGBT individual, 
And while it's nice to, you know, score a touchdown or, you know, have an interception, you know, we're, we're here for, for a broader purpose, for, for, for a deeper meaning to all this. And that's to, to give folks, um, you know, a safe space to, to know that they're, that they're valued, that uh, they can be who they are uh, and, and don't need to be ashamed and can be proud of it. Excellent. Well, Ryan, I want to thank you for joining us on our inaugural episode of Outside the Huddle. Um, For all of the listeners, each episode of Outside the Huddle will be made available through the NGFFL monthly newsletter, and it will also be available on our YouTube channel. We do hope you enjoyed the conversation. You were able to glean something incredible from all that Ryan just gave all of us listeners, um, myself included. Uh, This ongoing series will host some of the best and the brightest individuals that the NGFFL has to offer. So if you're one of those people, if you've been listening and you'd like to be a part of a future episode or have a suggestion even for someone who should be a part of it, let us know. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure you talk about it on our Facebook page, um, on our Twitter account, our Instagram, NGFFL. Um, Until next time we meet everybody, be kind to yourself, be kind to all the others you encounter as you compete and connect and unite in the NGFFL. And good night, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks again, Ryan.